Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener. You'll have ad-free episodes and join us on our monthly Zoom calls with other podcast listeners and get to know the community at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes. We got to buckle up because we're just going to be throwing spaghetti at the wall to see what sticks. This has been the most experimental phase of my entire professional career. I'm Alex Bloomberg, host of the podcast Startup, and you're listening to We Are LA Tech. My name is Esprit Devora, born and raised LA, and I created We Are LA Tech in 2012 to unify the community. Podcast launched in 2014, continuing to help people find the best talent, to connect with each other, to form awesome relationships. So proud of this show. Enjoy. Hi, this is Dave Whalen, Rebel 360 by day, bespoke strategy by night. I've been listening to We Are LA Tech pretty much from the beginning. I love the incredible range of guests and how Esprit makes such personal connections with them. I learn about business, LA, and myself with each episode. You can connect with me everywhere at DJ Whalen. That's D-J-W-H-E-L-A-N. Join thousands of people in LA Tech on our We Are LA Tech Facebook group where you can discover events, job opportunities, and even housing. Go to wearelatech.com slash community. We'll take you straight there. That's wearelatech.com slash community. Lately, I've been really focusing on my exercise routine. I know it's kind of like not kind of it's completely a weird world we're living in and it makes us kind of it makes it really easy to say you know what just f it i'm just gonna wait till this whole thing is over to resume my life but the thing is like our life is right now right and we all deserve to live in our most vibrant state and i i was just kind of like processing my thoughts last night on I started walking 10,000 steps a day I'm tracking it with the motive fitness tracker and I'm sure you could track it with your phone or Apple watch or whatever gadget you have and it really gives you time to like just kind of decompress and like process life and um, in thinking about that I was thinking about how going slow with intention is a lot more efficient than going fast And we're taught like in the entrepreneurial world, hustle hard, hustle harder, sacrifices, don't sleep. Like P. Diddy even said, I'll sleep when I'm dead, whatever, all this stuff, right? But like it's inefficient and it's even been proven that multitasking is inefficient. We have to be really intentional with our going slow and going slow doesn't actually mean being slow. It just means acting with intention and taking that space. So even like exercise, I don't know why, but before quarantine, it felt so complicated to me. (laughs) Like it felt like, oh, there's too many options. There's too many exercises. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to eat. There's too many blah, blah, too many this. And then in going slower, I just kind of like, I'm like, you know what? Let me just like 
get 10,000 steps in. And some days I'll do that like really dorky power walking thing. Like I'm actually walking right now. And then some days I will just like chill with it. And I just listen to my podcast. And that is a form of exercising. Like it doesn't have to be so crazy. And I know in quarantine, we can't be around people. And I literally just go to an empty parking lot and just walk around the parking lot like a zillion times. And it's not boring. It's just, it's super chill. It's nice to be outside. And I was afraid to leave my place for a while. So like it took a a minute to like build up the nerve to even like (laughs) leave my house, but to each of your own. I also created um, like a little like yoga mat area in my living room. That's like my dedicated workout. And I just do like, there's this uh, iPhone app called Six Pack Promise. Six minute ab workouts a day, been doing those. Like super simple, but I'm seeing amazing results. Like I'm thinning out, I'm leaning out, I'm feeling healthy. And the best part is that exercise releases three chemicals. I can't remember what they are right now, but natural kind of like dopamine and something else and something else. And it literally like changes my brain chemistry and makes me feel better. It's really incredible. Anyway, so there are a lot of different points in this, but essentially go slow with intention in order to go fast because it's more efficient and keep shit simple. All right, enjoy the episode. to celebrate. She is someone I've known for a long time. We are peers in the LA tech community. She has a company called Startup Coil. She also has moved into the consulting space. So all these conferences that were happening in person now are happening online and people don't know how to do that. She is helping them because that's what she had to do with Startup Coil. She runs one of the largest mixers in the LA tech industry. So she had to figure out how to bring her mixers online. And I'm so excited for her to share her story with you. Welcome, Rachel. Woo, what a warm welcome, Esprit. Thank you so much for having me. Holy crap. Of course. (laughs) Rachel, go ahead and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Hey, everyone. My name is Rachel Horning. I am the CEO of Startup Coil. We are one of LA's largest online tech event networks. We tell people where to go for a good time in the tech world. And we are located in basically the entire LA County area with happy hour meetups. And then also we're in Orange County. Obviously pre-COVID, we were convening hundreds of people at really fun venues. And now that we're all quarantining and events are illegal, we are getting very experimental with virtual formats that still encourage human connection, but in a whole different way. I mean, it's quite extraordinary. You just took a leap not to invade your your personal life too much, but I think you're okay with this. You had a stable job and you were set up in your career and you decided to take a leap, become a founder. And then just months after COVID happened, is that okay for me to share? Of course. Yeah, you are correct. I had a really great consulting job in Hollywood. I come out of the communications world and for the last seven years of my life, had this entrepreneurial itch, but I've always just kept it to my night job and sort of 
you know, called it my side hustle while I was running various online event companies and finally said, you know what, now is my time. I'm going to take a risk. I'm going to quit my day job. I'm going to let go of a paycheck. I've never in my adult life not had a paycheck. So February 7th was my last day at the consulting agency and my first day as CEO of Startup Coil. And within four weeks, we had to shutter all of our events. And those events were my main source of income. And so we've had to pivot our entire business model. It was terrifying. I think actually it was you, Esprit. You texted me and you said, like, do you regret your decision had you known that COVID was going to happen? And the answer is no. I'm so stoked that I'm on this path. I have a lot of learning ahead of me. However, has it been scary? Has it been challenging? Have I cried? Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) But it's been such an exciting time because obviously we're all learning together. And I think, yes, this is like a devastating moment. And there's a lot of reasons to be concerned about each other. And, you know, I think this is more of an invitation to really lean into our friendships and really make sure that we're all okay. At the same time, I refuse to sit around and be mopey. I have things to do. One of the things that I felt really touched by is before we started recording, I was sharing how a lot of people in business right now are experiencing compassion fatigue. And you're saying, yeah, I've noticed a lot of people feeling very tired as well, but I'm not feeling tired. What do you think energizes you right now? Because of course, with all that pressure that you're going through, that's a lot, but that you're still energized. Where are you fueling? Where are you sourcing your energy from? I feel like I have this duty to deliver events that invite people to stay connected during the most physically disconnected time of my entire life. I think I was put on this planet to connect human beings. If anything, this has been kind of my call to arms that I least expected. And had you asked me two months ago, like, could you ever imagine a world where people are literally told they can't see each other? I would be like, no, you're crazy. But here we are. Yeah. It's like a movie. We're living in a movie. We're living in a movie. I happen to have, now it's going to be self-proclaimed, but I think others might agree. I happen to have like a really big passion for bringing people together and what we're hearing from our community, especially the Startup Coil community right now is just that you know, the fact that they get to meet new people on our virtual happy hours, which we'll talk about in a bit, I think is is such a gift that we didn't even necessarily think of as a gift. We were just trying to experiment a little bit, but people are feeling this resonance with the experience of getting to just share company with other people online. And so we're just, you know, we're, we're going to see where that takes us, but it's a crazy time. <laughs> So I'd love to dive into the experience that you've had with Startup Coil and like how you've pivoted as a team and how you became this go-to consultant for enterprise companies to bring their offline events online. Like it's extraordinary. Yeah. I'll start with the first part of the question. Like how have we actually pivoted? Basically, we had to think about more existentially, what do we actually provide when we host meetups and what are we actually providing for people at these happy hour events that others might not be providing, like what is our secret sauce and how can we replicate that in a virtual setting? You know, we also 
tried out doing some wellness events. We've tried doing live broadcasting and that was a shit show. What I said to my co-founder Zach very early on is like, we got to buckle up because we're just going to be throwing spaghetti at the wall to see what sticks. And this has been the most experimental phase of my entire professional career because we've had to create things, fail at them quickly, you know, figure out why that didn't work. Do we enjoy it? Does this actually spark joy? Does it not? And I think our tried and true virtual offering at this point is the very thing that we're known for in the first place, which are those happy hours. And so what we're actually doing is enhancing, in my opinion, enhancing the overall experience that our attendees are having in ways that I don't think that in-person events could quite achieve. And that's done in, and as you experienced firsthand of Spree through these breakout rooms that we're doing on Zoom. Totally. I was blown away. Yeah. And we have prompts that people can respond to and people are just opening up their hearts. It's kind of incredible. And, you know, I'm not exactly sure why Zoom is encouraging this vulnerability, but One thing that I was thinking about is, well, you can't see how tall someone is. You don't really have any sense of like their physical stature. So we can't judge people based on any sort of appearance, really, other than this little teeny box that you're seeing. And then having some other host curating, you know, these randomized breakout rooms really takes the pressure off of the individual to find you know, that other person that happens to not be talking to someone at a networking event. I think that networking events can be really intimidating for a lot of people. And we're eliminating the most intimidating parts of it and really just allowing people to get down to the nitty gritty of like, hi, I'm a human being. And so are you let's talk. And we're feeding them prompts that allow them to not even have to worry about what the heck they're talking about. And so it's been this really cool again, experiment. I'm going to use that word a lot because literally everything in my life right now is an experiment. But we've been really excited about just the the feedback that we're getting from attendees. You've been awesome at giving us feedback too. So thank you. And I'd be you know curious to hear what your experience was like because I know that you were at, I think, our first one. Oh, wow. I didn't know it was the first one. After I got off, I said I had never been in a breakout room before. And for those of you who don't know what that is still, Zoom, uh, Zoom, which just I feel like the whole world is using Zoom, but Zoom's a technology to communicate online. We'll just say that. And everyone seems to be using Zoom right now in the state that we're in. And they have a feature called breakout rooms where you could put people, you could either manually or automatically put them in rooms and you could assign how many people to a room. So I just did the Los Angeles Podcasters meeting up this week. And so I did four people to a room just automatically assigned. And then people are able to have a meaningful conversation about like how Rachel said to a prompt. So the prompt was how to grow your podcast. And so then everybody in each room grew your podcast. Now this feature talked about how to grow your podcast. This feature to me was so novel when I discovered it through thanks to Rachel that I actually called Rachel after and I asked her permission if I could do the same thing because I felt like she had like paved the way. I was like, well, I don't want to like copy you. Like this is your idea. She's like, no, it's like a feature. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's definitely not proprietary. (laughs) Yeah. I just felt like I lit and, but it wasn't just having the feature 
It was how she utilized the feature, how she made the conversation very meaningful is what made the experience of her of her hangout, her mixer really unique. And man, people were into it. People feel really comfortable and at ease at her events. And and it's cool. I had someone else who's currently, you know, out of a job because she worked in offline experiences like offline events, right? And I went through another virtual kind of event series since yours, Rachel. And it it felt like the group of us had met in person, even though we hadn't met in person. It was this week-long thing. At the end of it, it felt like we had met in person. And my friend who, who had worked in events said, man, if I could learn how to create a virtual experience where you feel like that, that would be amazing. And essentially, Rachel, that's what you've figured out. That's what you have figured out and are continuing to figure out to even optimize it even more. And that brings you into this consultancy, which I just was blown away and it makes so much sense. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah. Oh my gosh. You know, if I have anything, it's an amazing network of friends and colleagues and just peers in general. And I was given an opportunity by a dear friend slash mentor of mine. And he put me in touch with a, I don't know, they're not clients of his, but friends of his that were very much in a bind. And they had a conference and still have this upcoming conference in May, the middle of May, and then a separate sort of week at the end of May. And he told us, you know, these guys need to put on a massive conference. This was supposed to happen in person. This has been really scary for them because this conference is a major revenue generator for, it's actually a nonprofit. And this nonprofit is all about ensuring that web developers, Fortune 500 companies, leaders from all over the world, glean and learn tools to use to ensure accessibility online. So it's important work that they're doing. It's noble work that they're doing. And they needed to figure out how to translate what would have been an in-person experience into a virtual experience. So I threw my hat in the ring with, with one other person and basically overnight built a consulting agency. I created a logo in Canva. I created a deck you know, that really illustrated all of the different capacities that we would bring to the table. And we beat out like two other production companies, as it turns out. And I don't know how or why, but there we were. And then, you know, four days later, brought in another client. I have about a decade of experience producing events. I have much less experience producing virtual events. However, you know, my knowledge is able to really translate, I think, into the virtual arena simply because I know how to encourage human connection, cultivate human connection. It's my passion, like I mentioned. So as long as I surround myself with more technical, you know, savvy people, we're golden. And so it's become this really exciting undertaking. I think the demand is huge, especially for nonprofits that rely on big fundraising events or conference series. They're absolutely going to have to figure this out and they're going to have to move quickly. So the other client that we just brought in actually has an event coming up. They've already postponed it by about a month, but this event brings in something like 40% of their annual revenue, one event. And that's pretty common in the nonprofit space. You know, it wasn't even a question for them whether or not they were going to pivot to virtual. They needed to do it. 
And so then, you know, they hired us and we are helping them pave the way. Uh, and we're basically translating their entire event playbook into a format that makes sense virtually. And it looks very different. You know, what an in-person event, we call them TikToks in the event industry, but sort of what that playbook looks like for an in-person event, the timing is completely different. You have to think about if there's concurrent tracks, for example, at a conference, but also for a fundraising event where there's an auction, you know, in Zoom, you're going to have to create the infrastructure that, you know, will facilitate all of these concurrent experiences. And not very many people know how to do that. So we are delivering, I think, a really important service and are going to continue enhancing our own skills so that we can serve clients you know, better and better and better as we go. And we're, frankly, we're learning as we go. I I just said to you earlier, I feel like I'm building the plane as I'm flying it, but we had no choice. Everybody's doing that right now. And I think we just have to be honest with ourselves and each other that like, this is a moment of inflection. This is a moment of vulnerability. And my favorite word of the day, this is a moment of a lot of experimentation and we just have to be comfortable in the discomfort, frankly. So that's my shtick. Completely. I mean, the thing that I like about you doing this the best is that because you have produced so many offline events, you understand on a very real level what, and now you're producing all your events virtually for Startup Coil, you understand on a very real level what it means to take an event with, you know, hundreds to thousands of people offline and move it online. I feel like if you were always just online, you just don't have the kind of emotional understanding of like the interactions that happen offline that need to be replicated online. And I just think that that's a layer that to me is it would be really important. Like you have to understand when they walk in a door physically somewhere, we have the greeter person. So what is the simulation of that virtually? And like, I don't know. I just think that the compassion, not to bring up the word compassion again, but the compassion element of knowing that pain, I think is really important in your process for sure. I completely agree with you. You know, I had to have my own like paradigm shift. I think in the beginning of all of this, I was thinking, oh my God, I'm scared. Nothing is going as planned. All of my like sources of revenue are no longer available to me. Woe is me playing the whole victim card. Like this shit sucks. I hope I'm allowed to cuss. You are allowed to cuss. Okay, great. (laughs) And it came to me that you know, if actually what I love doing is cultivating human connection, maybe this is actually like the biggest sort of moment of, I guess, needing to feel like I'm being invited to step up and level up. Like this is my moment because what do people need more than anything right now, I think is human connection. And I happen to be good at that. And so I think what I needed to realize and tell myself as I like created this narrative shift in my head was, no, 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 this is not the time to play victim. This is the time to lean into all the shit that I already know how to do without worrying about all the distractions like venues, like bar tabs, like food menus, like good acoustics in the room. I mean, online, you still need to worry about acoustics kind of, but there's just an invitation to think about the very thing that you're hoping your audience will take away thinking about the thing or feeling a certain way, you get to still do that. It's just different. And who knows how long this is going to last. I think if anything, we're just going to learn how to make in-person events even better through this process. 
And then I also think people are going to sort of be more comfortable in the future doing more stuff virtually because we're realizing, oh my God, when you're not worried about traffic, when you're not worried about air travel, you can do so much more. I can have so many more meetings every day. And, you know, if you wanted to do something for a Fortune 500 company that happens to be bi coastal, you can do the New York and the LA dinner within 12 hours of each other. And it's just, there's no limitations anymore. So there's a lot to be excited about as an event person. You just have to kind of tailor it to this moment that we're in and really understand the technical nature. But yeah. It's interesting. There's this organization that I just discovered called the 747 Club. It's I think it's 747club.org. And oh, do you know it? I just had my first 747 dinner with Chris. I'm about to have my first. Oh, tell us about it because I'm about to have mine the next week. Oh my God. I just had my first dinner. It was really cool. He has it down. Like the playbook is like down to the minute. He's really impressive in how he runs this from his New York apartment with his girlfriend. And, you know, he has a whole backstory about how it all started with some pasta sauce. And then he like, wrote a book and has been hosting. He had, I think, something like 250 dinners under his belt. But almost every single night of quarantine, he's hosted a virtual dinner. And it's people from all different walks of life, from different parts of the world that he encourages to think about. And the grounding question for each of his events is, who do you want to give thanks to that you don't give enough thanks to already? And I'm sure that's not exactly how he says it. But that was sort of the the key sort of like grounding theme for the dinner. And we actually had those conversations in breakout rooms. So back to the breakout rooms, you know, you're able to really simulate like a more intimate space for people to share. But then we did plenty actually in the main room on Zoom too. And I was part of the LA cohort on the West Coast and it was only 4.47 my time. So I brought a little glass of wine, but it was too early for dinner. But he had everyone go around and talk about what they're eating for dinner and then progressively got us, you know, to open up about more things. And then I think it was the final question in the breakout room where we were able to talk about giving thanks to someone that we don't normally give thanks to. And it really like touched me. The next morning, I was able to actually give thanks to the person that I had really, you know, given my shout out to uh, during my 747 dinner with Chris and his team. So it was a really meaningful experience. And, you know, similar to the virtual happy hours that I'm hosting, I think it just invited people to feel like they were part of something bigger than themselves while they're quarantining at home. Completely. And let's get into um, your background now. When did you first become interested in business and technology? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I was a student body senator at UC Berkeley and happened to be the chair of the finance committee. This is where it all began. I was asked to fund a Code for LA hackathon my junior year of college when I was a student body senator And I had never heard of a hackathon. Mind you, this was in either 2010 or 2011. And I just remember like looking them up later. And we were funding like 15 different student organizations every single week during these finance committee meetings. But there was something interesting about Code for America that really piqued my interest. I was studying sociology and public policy. And Code for America was sort of like this beautiful amalgamation of 
all things like modernity and technology blended with public policy. And I looked them up. And then not only did I look them up, I attended the hackathon because I had never heard of such a thing. And flash forward to my first job out of college working at a chamber of commerce, I just remember thinking that we're sitting on this hotbed, you know, this was pre-Silicon Beach being named Silicon Beach. The Chamber of Commerce actually had Playa Vista where YouTube Space LA was moving in and Google was moving in, Facebook was moving in, and they didn't yet understand, I think, how to be relevant to the tech audience. And so, you know, bringing with me my love for technology that began my junior year of college, I sort of took on the role of entrepreneur, launched a co-working space with the Chamber of Commerce, and then built an entire community and network that we called Connect to Tech LA, where we hosted events that connected a lot of the traditional business owners with the tech community, the design community. And that's where it all began. So yeah, that was freaking cool. You took your first position professionally, and it wasn't necessarily in tech or or business. Um, how did you parlay professionally into the tech and business world? Yeah, I think you know that first position that I had was not intended by any means to get me in front of the tech audience, but I sort of made it so. I've created a lot of opportunities for myself just using kind of my own creativity and following my interests, but. When we were creating Connect to Tech LA, I, just by virtue of asking people to come speak at our events and just based on my own interest and getting to know the community, managed to actually get to know folks like yourself and my business partner, Zach Sekar, who was busy launching one of the first ever tech meetups for Los Angeles. And it was honestly just like hitting people up on LinkedIn saying, hey, or on Meetup saying, Hey, like, I love what you're up to. I work at the chamber of commerce. These are like the people in our network. Would you be open to collaborating? And I think having the ability to say like, I have apartments that want to host events and the apartment owners are members of the chamber of commerce. And then we had hotels that were being built as well. And so I actually had a little bit of leverage just because of who was already in the chamber network. And then, you know, we were able to collaborate. And then that's how Zach and I actually started working together way back when. We started doing these events. We called them Startups by the Pool. They were sexy. They were slick. I got to wear this like Britney Spears microphone headset that my solar... I remember that. Yes. My solar DJ friends let me, you know, wear the head microphone, whatever the law of lawyer is called. Yeah. Yeah. And I wore, I remember I was like 21, 22 at the time. And I wore these like ridiculous high heels and just wanted it to be this like whole she, she thing. And if you look at me now, <laughs> I've like definitely tamed it back a bit, but um, yeah, th- those were the the good old days. <laughs> and then from, from startups by the pool, where did you evolve into from there? I decided that I was going to move to downtown LA And I had been living in Santa Monica for the first two years out of college. And then I told my business partner, Zach, I was like, yo, I need to move to downtown LA. If I'm not going to get to move to New York City, I'm at least going to live in downtown. Ended up living there for about five years. And what I told him was, you know, there's an opportunity in downtown right now to help really cultivate the tech community because nobody's really doing it yet. So we got to sort of pioneer 
the beginning stages of like the coalescence of the downtown LA tech community. We renamed ourselves. So originally we were startups by the pool because that's very West side, moved to downtown LA and forged a really cool sponsorship relationship with Brookfield Properties. We love them. They saw in us, I think, a vision that basically no other major corporation saw. They took a risk, they invested in us, and we started doing events all over downtown LA in all of their big towers. And they own and operate more like office square footage than anyone else. They're like the big kahuna. They were just eager to get the startup community like through their doors. And that's exactly what we delivered. So it was just a really cool partnership. And we're still in partnership with them today. And yeah, so that was the sort of transition from startups by the pool to startups in the sky. Meanwhile, my business partner, Zach, was still running the largest network of tech meetups in LA with about 25,000 members collectively. LA Tech Happy Hour. Yeah. Well, and now we've pivoted to just calling ourselves Tech Happy Hour because who cares about geography when you're in quarantine, right? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so that was kind of like the beginning of it all. That's how Zach and I know each other. And flash forward like six or seven years later, I'm taking over Startup Coil, which was a name that he actually coined to be this all-encompassing brand that was inclusive of the LA Tech Happy Hour series, which includes different like regional offshoots. We also have a cannabis function called LA Joint Ventures, and we've hosted a couple of cannabis events. We have Startups in the Sky, which is in downtown LA. And then we also have the version one accelerator, which is a quick sort of turnkey um, app developer and Accelerator for folks looking to build a really quick and dirty MVP, which stands for Minimum Viable Product. So it's a really great resource for people in the very early stage, even like pre-seed stage of building their startups. So yeah, we've got a lot going on. Is there an LA tech company or talent that has really impressed you that you've come across lately? I know you've met so many. They've just moved to Los Angeles. And it's crazy that I'm about to talk about a recruiting firm, but here we go. They're called Hunt Club. They have this really interesting approach to recruiting. What they're inviting users to do is share their LinkedIn networks, share their like Gmail contacts. And it's like empowering the company that's looking to recruit to actually be like the catalyst for finding the new talent. I had a chance to meet the CEO Uh, of the company and the founder. And he has just built this really incredible team. I think they're originally from Chicago, but they recently moved to LA and have Kurt Derrick at the helm of creating sort of the presence in Los Angeles. So they're kind of this like tech startup that's a recruiting firm. And I would definitely encourage people uh, to check them out. They're also doing some really interesting work in terms of helping people that were recently laid off get their information out to the masses. You know, while there's a lot of folks getting laid off, there's also a ton of companies that somehow ended up on the winning end of the spectrum in coronavirus that are hiring like crazy. Like Zoom. (laughs) Oh my God, like Zoom, exactly. And then, you know, another quick tip, Headspace, who I was lucky enough to have a conversation with a couple weeks ago, they're hiring like crazy, as you might imagine, because people are going stir crazy while they're in quarantine and are looking for all the zen that they can find. And Headspace is 
actually, I think you're a user of Scree. Yeah, I use it almost every day. Yeah, so you could plug Headspace. They're also an LA startup. So I'm giving you a two for one. But basically, Headspace is an app that offers, you know, guided meditations uh, that allow users to really relax. And, you know, they, they have selections like reducing your anxiety and things like that, sort of based on your need, kind of a choose your own adventure situation for meditation. So I would definitely encourage you to check them out too. For the Hunt Club, Crudy D, if you guys don't know Crudy D, he's like one of the OG people in Los Angeles tech. He does so much in the tech space to cultivate community. He's always been helpful. And he is one of the very few people that helped develop Los Angeles to be the top third tech city in the world. I don't know. We're constantly, it's always Los Angeles, New York, and Tel Aviv. And then obviously Silicon Valley is always at the top. The other three are fighting. And then beyond that, it's like Austin is like, no, let me get in there. So it's like there's a few that, you know, we're all vying for the top all the time. So I never know where we are on the list. It just depends on what blog writes about us. But Crudy D is a a huge person. If you don't know him already, definitely make sure to check him out. It's crazy what's going on when it comes to finding a job and this whole COVID thing. Tell us what kind of assessment do you have of the LA tech community right now in COVID? Like, how are we doing as a city? You have your pulse on everything. You know, I'm basing this off of the happy hours that we've been doing virtually. I'm hearing from a lot of people that are joining that they've been laid off from their jobs. I was in a breakout room for one of my virtual happy hour events with five people, including myself. So four other people, two of them had recently been laid off. So I'm hearing a lot about people losing their jobs, which is obviously really sad and scary. And then at the same time, I'm seeing things popping up that are offering some solace and some opportunities for folks in the tech community to either get like groceries for free. I think that there's also just kind of like a nice coming together happening through, you know, whether it's the virtual happy hours, through events that I'm seeing other community builders hosting as well, like Bixel Exchange is hosting like a weekly Thirsty Thursday event. We're seeing a lot of stuff like that popping up. Also on Eventbrite, you can just go get lost in Eventbrite right now. There's so many different virtual like tech networking events, not just from the folks that I know personally, but other groups too, which I think is great. So I think that there's a hunger to stay connected. We actually polled people for our first virtual happy hour. Why are you joining? What are you hoping to get out of the virtual happy hour? Because we were curious, do people just want to like let their hair down and let loose? Or do they want to actually network and talk shop like they normally would pre-COVID? And in that poll, what we saw was like 80% of the people said, no, I just want to stay connected with the community. So they don't want to talk business. They just want to hang out. People just want to hang out. And I think that says a lot about where we are. It's possible that that's also just our audience. You know, like we, of course, people talk shop at our happy hour events, but maybe there's a little bit of bias just in who's gravitating to us in this moment, but also just generally like pre-COVID. Like we get the folks that want to have a drink and, and hang out. Yes, they talk shop, but it's also like a fun group that enjoys having fun. And so, you know, maybe if you asked a different group what they're seeing, it might look a little different. But for us, I think certainly people are just eager to talk about anything beside COVID, frankly. And where can people find out more? There's so many things. Uh, Helping people pivot to do their offline conferences, the tech happy hours, startup coil. Where can we find out more? Who should we connect with? 
You can connect with me. You can email me. Should I just give my email address out? Do people do that? You can if you're comfortable. Yeah, sure. (laughs) I'm Rachel at startupcoil.com. R-A-C-H-E-L at startupcoil. And that's S-T-A-R-T-U-P-C-O-I-L.com. And then you can also visit our website, startupcoil.com. And you'll learn a lot more about all things Startup Coil. If you're interested in receiving some of the consulting services that we've been talking about, shoot me an email. I would love to chat. We are obviously in the very early stages of building this out, but we have a lot to offer. So yeah, have at it. And Rachel, if you want to look her up on LinkedIn, R-A-C-H-E-L, last name H-O-R-N-I-N-G. Is there anything else you want to share? I just want to share my gratitude to Esprit Devora, who for years has been cultivating community like a boss. And I am grateful to her as someone just a few years younger and a few years, you know, behind in my like lived experience. I admire you so much. And it's such a pleasure to have this conversation with you today. And I think more than ever, we just need to continue sharing out tips and tricks for how we're not just surviving, but how we're figuring out how to thrive in this moment. I don't think that there's anything wrong with creating an expectation where that's a possibility. And I want to continue surrounding myself with the people that are looking for the silver lining, that are looking to make this moment better for other people. You are one of those people, Esprit. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. Oh, that means a lot. Thank you. You're the best. Thank you so much for hanging out with the We Are LA Tech podcast. If you want to connect and collaborate with more extraordinary people in the Los Angeles tech community, remember to go to the We Are LA Tech Facebook group at wearelatech.com slash community. That's wearelatech.com slash community. Say hello on social at We Are LA Tech on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. I will see you guys, hear you guys, all the things in the next episode. Bye. My name is Rachel Horning. I am the CEO of Startup Coil. Startup Coil is one of LA's largest startup tech event networks based in downtown LA. You are listening to We Are LA Tech. Hi, this is Arlen Hamilton, author of It's About Damn Time, How to Turn Being Underestimated into Your Greatest Advantage. And you're listening to We Are LA Tech. I feel so grateful I've had the privilege of getting an advanced copy of Arlen Hamilton's new book, It's About Dan Time. She is one of the most inspiring venture capitalists I've ever come across. Her story from having absolutely nothing and being completely broke to being one of the most influential venture capitalists in the world blows my mind. And her book is insanely well-written. Right when I picked it up, I didn't want to put it down. She teaches me and us how to become the asset, how to be our best selves, and how to be a person that not only creates opportunity for ourselves, but creates an abundance of opportunity for others. I'm so proud to share her book with you, and I hope you'll pick it up. And I know for sure you'll be just as riveted as I was with each page you turned. Get It's About Damn Time at itsaboutdamntime.com.
The We Are LA Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. Community spotlight coordination by Sarah Tran. Music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The We Are LA Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes.